the All Business and Financial Radio Network, Voice America Business. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations today. This is Cheryl Esposito, and I'm delighted today to have a very special guest with us. We have Debbie Ford. She's a best-selling author of many books, which we will talk about. She's a teacher and a mentor and a coach, and she's founder of the Ford Institute for Integrative Coaching. Debbie's committed to the evolution of human consciousness. So, Debbie, I would like to welcome you to Leading Conversations today. Mm, thank you for having me, Cheryl. Oh, it's great. So tell me, where are you today? I am in La Jolla, California. Oh, how nice. Yes, looking at the ocean. Oh, how wonderful. Are you having one of those crystal clear San Diego days, La Jolla days? <laughs> it's really beautiful here. Oh, I mean, nice. it's, it's, if there's heaven on earth, you know, and it's in the physical environment, this mm-hmm. is definitely it. Oh, how great. It's important to have the environment that uh, suits you, right? Yes, absolutely, and I feel like I'm on the road a lot, and I work, oh, my God, so many hours every single week, so my home is and my environment is very important to me because I always say I want to live in a, feel like I'm on vacation when I'm in my home. Oh, how nice. That's great. You are on the road a lot, and we're going to talk about some of the work that you do um, helping people to touch their own human consciousness to really be able to transform what goes on in their life and moving it into success. Our show today is titled Out of the Shadows, Conscious Leadership. Um, as you know, we focus a lot on the leadership element in organizations and within individuals on this show. And we're always looking for how can we best help people achieve their highest level of leadership in themselves. I really believe that we have to lead ourselves before we can lead other people. And when I do coaching of leaders, that is the focus. And I know that your work is really about finding the shadows that get in our way. It's some of those that we don't see. And so I want to talk about that this morning. Um, can you talk a bit about just your definition of shadow and shadow work before we get into this further? I would love to. So the shadow is defined by uh, Carl Jung, the great Swiss psychologist. He's the one that coined that term. Is any part of us that we deny, hide, or suppress? Mm. He also used it, the person we'd rather not be. Mm. And uh, so I think that that's true when we're talking about our dark shadows, I think in today's world, because of the evolution in consciousness, many people are aware of their shadows, where mm-hmm. probably 40 years ago, 60 years ago, wasn't so true. Right. And then there's also the light shadow, which holds mm-hmm. all the parts of us that we've rejected, uh, which is, you know, the greatest expressions of ourselves that we actually need to reclaim in order mm-hmm. to be a powerful leader, or order to lead at our highest. Well, now that's interesting because I think that most people would immediately go to the dark side of this 
thinking that they needed to identify those dark shadows so that they could avoid them. And yet you're saying that there are some parts of this, our greatness, that we actually don't necessarily embrace. Oh, most people, it's harder for them to actually embrace their true light than it is even to go into the darkness. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're more scared to embrace the dark. Uh-huh. You know, they're, they're trying harder to manage the dark or to eat over it or drink over it or Internet over it or whatever we do these days to not be with all of ourselves. But the light is very fascinating because I lead something called the shadow process five or six times a year hmm. with people and leaders from all over the world in every kind of business. And uh, people come because they want to usually break through a limitation, which we would put inside the dark. But then after they've done that and it's time on Sunday to embrace the light, you know, to really stand in the most powerful vision of themselves. I always say if it doesn't make you blush, you're not (laughs) in it. (laughs) And it is the most fun. And people, when they leave the shadow process, are so blown away because they have reclaimed, not only digested some of their dark shadows, but they've reclaimed their light. And it may be their brilliance. It may be their success. It might be their genius. It might be their beauty, their sexuality, their you know, people skills, whatever, you know, it's different for every single one of us. Wow. So how did you become interested in this genre of work? Well, here's the truth. As my sister would say, I had a very big shadow. I had a lot of darkness. And I spent, I think I started at 12 years old actually going to therapy. And it never really worked for me. And I spent uh, probably 15 years trying different kinds of therapies. I became drug addicted at a very young age. And after doing a lot of work and really having a spiritual awakening, I started to study consciousness studies and how we have these shifts in consciousness and how we, if God didn't make any spare parts, you know, why am I so angry? Why am I so demanding or controlling or manipulating or selfish? Knowing that, you know, it couldn't be, could it really be that I was just born with all these dark parts and everybody else wasn't? And so all of my studies brought me to really understand, and I think it's a new paradigm, the holographic brain, really understanding that within each of us, We are all everything. There's nothing that we can see in the outer world that we're not, either dark or light. And the outer world is designed to show us us. I mean, we are magically designed as human beings to evolve spiritually. And so I really learned about it out of necessity, out of just being a very unhappy, discontent person and just, you know, I, I just couldn't imagine that that's, that life was how they were teaching it to me, that psychology was how it was teaching, was, you know, what I learned was correct. Sorry, I'm not even speaking English in this time. I've been teaching for weeks straight. And uh, today I created a model, a coaching model and trainings that help people. Really, all they're doing is recollecting themselves. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting 
way to look at it, recollecting as if we've just kind of dispersed a lot of who we are. Well, Robert Bly has that great quote that we spend the first 20 years of our lives really taking parts of ourselves and putting them in an invisible bag behind us, and then we have to spend the rest of our lives really taking these parts out of the bag. And I see it as, you know, we put somebody told you, don't be too conceited. What is that? So you have to hide some of your light. Maybe you're with a woman in the family and, you know, your brother got worse grades. So your mother or father said, don't show that. Don't brag in front of your brother. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you start to feel shame. I was at the airport after, you know, very tired coming back from uh, a lecture, and these two kids were screaming and happy and running around, and I was just getting joy out of watching them in the airport running around a pole. All of a sudden, the father comes and says, stop that. You're annoying everybody. So here they are in the height of joy, something we all want. And they're told, you know, oh, you're annoying. Now, he didn't mean to ingrain their consciousness that it's not okay to be alive and joyful, but that's what happens to us as humans. And so I believe it is our work, our spiritual work, our heart's work, to go in there and bring love to and light to where there's darkness, and then to find these parts. What did we say we couldn't be? And that's what I love about my work and my job. I don't have to make anybody anything. Mm -hmm. I just have to support them in letting everything between themselves and the greatest expression of themselves as a leader fall away. Well, so when you said that you had a spiritual awakening, can you share with us, was there a moment? Was there something someone said? Was it magic? Um, I would say today it's, it's a form of magic. It's a shift in consciousness, which is what transformation and spiritual awakening and aha moments are about. They're about a shift in consciousness. And mine actually happened on the... Uh, floor of a drug treatment center, a really dingy, disgusting floor, and I'm a bit of a princess. If you know anything about me, everybody knows that. I don't try to hide it. And here I was in my fourth drug treatment center, and I was about to leave. And that's what I always did. That's why I could never get through the 28 days. On day 10, I would feel great. I'm out of here. I'm not like these people. But this time, I knew that I would die. I literally went into my last drug treatment center. It was... 25-plus years ago, mm-hmm. uh, doing over 100 pills a day. Wow. And I started praying on the bathroom floor. Even though I knew the concept of God in my head, I never felt God. I never felt spirituality. I never felt any connectedness. Mm-hmm. And so on the bathroom floor, I was praying just for the courage to stay one more day. I was willing to do anything because I really did have it in my physical being that I wouldn't make it back again. And something happened while I was on the floor, while I was asking this this God or goddess or powers, whatever it is, that I didn't even understand to enter me, to support me, I had to shift. And I went from a moment of anger and agony and pain and denial to a peaceful, clear, beautiful, uh, courageous moment where I knew I could make it through the day. Mm. And for the next 18 days, Cheryl, I went back in that same disgusting bathroom floor Mm -hmm. and got down on my hands and knees and prayed, and something happened to me each and every day. Mm. And so when I stepped out of there 18 days later, I said, I am going to study that. 
I don't know what that is, but I had had the experience of being present to another universe, a greater universe, mm-hmm. where I was safe and held and where I had courage and faith rather than fear and resignation and I can't. And, and so that's been my work, to study consciousness and to study really what it is to be a human being and a divine being all in one because I believe we are. We are spiritual beings and human beings and our human self is really compared to our spiritual self. It is our lower self. Mm. It is, but we need that human experience. We need our egos with all their drama to go out and have experiences so that we can create and learn wisdom from the outer world that will support us in the evolution of our soul. And every time something happens in the outer world, if we realize it's not bad luck, but it actually means there's a new awakening happening, we would be much more excited. We'll be right back with Debbie Ford after this message. talk about is money, call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. More and more business people recognize the importance of spirituality in their work. How do busy professionals discover what rings true for them? Embracing the journey with Karen Humphrey Sally explores what it means to be spiritually fulfilled in business and how to integrate spiritual direction into a career. Expert guests, authors, and inspiring speakers join Karen every week to discuss such issues as honesty, compassion, generosity, ethics, and integrity in the workplace. Take a positive step forward to greater life balance. Tune into Embracing the Journey with Karen Humphrey Salad, broadcasting every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Are you ready to become a global citizen of the world? What would it be like to share your future with people of all ages from around the world who have one major thing in common, a commitment to make a difference with no language, religion, or age barriers? Make a difference in this world. Come to Bali this summer for an experience of a lifetime. Awakening Global Action, a seven-day gathering that will change your world. Call 866-458-2254 or visit our website at www.baliinstitute.org. You are the leaders the world has been waiting for. Call today. Money, money, up-to-date business and financial news. Money, money, call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. 
We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back. We're speaking with Debbie Ford today, author of the best-selling legendary book, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, Reclaiming Your Power, Creativity, Brilliance, and Dreams, and several others that we're going to be speaking about today. You are very prolific in writing, Debbie. I am really impressed. (laughs) Uh, That's a good way to look at it. I say driven. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Well, speaking of driven, um, you know, a lot of the leaders that I work with in my coaching practice, a lot of CEOs, that is the word that I would use to describe them. And, um, you know, sometimes I think that the drive gets out ahead of the self and that they almost leave themselves behind as they are focused on the numbers and the success and the... um, making the board happy, making the stockholders happy, increasing value in the organization. You know, I could go on and on and on. And sometimes what I see is they they leave themselves behind. And it sounds to me like some of the work you're describing around human consciousness would be the piece that's missing for them. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, I agree. I think that... You know, the most important distinction that I think anybody can really learn, and it's a deep distinction, we don't learn it overnight, it's really the study of the shadow, is what is our human self and what is divine will. And as you know, a lot of leaders, a lot of people in my field, including myself, we have been birthed with a particular gift to bring forth in the world. I liken it to people, like people say, you know, will be there projecting on me, projecting their light on me, saying, oh, you're so great, or you're so this, or you're so that. Mm -hmm. And I see it more like, you know, Barbara Streisand has an amazing voice, but she didn't create that voice. Mm -hmm. That voice comes to her as a gift from the universe, Mm -hmm. and she shares that voice with us. Mm -hmm. Now, she has many choices that make her a great woman, and her willingness to go through her own fear and to share that voice mm-hmm. in ways that she does it. Mm-hmm. But really, she's delivering a gift as all great artists, right? All right. Great. Anybody who has that knows that. I think we all have it to different extents. So I think a lot of leaders have that, you know, that in, it's their soul's desire, but they can't distinguish between the soul. They haven't distinguished between their soul's uh, dream and their gift and their ego's hunger. (laughs) And so when we're not doing that, we are just driven and out of control and leave a part of our lives behind. But when we can distinguish really what is in the highest and best interest for this overall mission that I carry and what is for the own individual self, which oftentimes I think we also have the biggest wounds of the ego. We have the need to be wanted, to be approved of, to be special, to be important, because if we didn't, we wouldn't do all that we do. You know, I always say that I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for my ego. Mm -hmm. You know, my my core is so much that there's something wrong with me and I know I'm not enough. 
that I over-deliver everywhere, and I've been able to create an amazing institute with coaches that are really highly trained because it was all birthed originally out of the wounds of my ego. And so it's not a bad thing. It's just the understanding and the integration so that we can evolve. So as a leader, you know, I'm always looking. I always have a coach. I always need somebody to see what I can't see. So to say, huh, is that really in the highest and best interest for your mission or is it really in the highest and best interest, you know, do you believe for your ego's, you know, wounds? Mm -hmm. And so I think as leaders do this deeper inner work and start to integrate their shadows, they're freer to not live in the false persona. My sixth book that's coming out in March, which is really about, um, you know, all the different masks that we wear and this duality inside that's happening, that's driving us, and how do we make peace? Wow. You mentioned that... um your coach might ask you, is this really in the best and highest use of your mission? Does everybody have to have a mission? I think we all do have a mission. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, they're not missions like my, my mission. I have a mission to transform a million lives a year where somebody else might have the mission to, you know, create the be the best mother in the world mm-hmm. and to create an amazing child. And so I think that our mission, if we will do the work to find out what's really our mission, then we can reference our choices against that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happening is people don't have, really aren't standing and looking from that highest place in themselves. So they're referencing their choices from their past, what they don't want to be, how they don't want to occur, mm-hmm. what they don't want to happen to them. And so those aren't our highest choices. Those are often our lowest choices or choices that are just going to uh, be inside the smaller part of ourselves, our egos, rather than our higher self. And I think that's part of the journey of being human. Like a lot of people say, I want to know what my mission is. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe your mission right now is just to find out what your mission is. And then you can reference, is this choice? Am I educating myself? Am I around people who are inside their mission? How would I need to be coached to find my mission? See, that could be a mission as well. And if we keep allowing that to evolve, you know, originally my mission was only to heal my own life. And then my mission expanded like, wow, I can teach people who have suffered like I've suffered to learn to love parts of themselves. And then my mission was to bring self-esteem into the school system. And then I went off and saw, well, I really need to do is have my mission to have adults get educated in this. Forget about, we'll never get the children to learn it if we don't get the adults to learn it. Right. You know, now here, 10, 12 years later after I've started my, my work, um, you know, I have this tremendous organization, and we're building schools in Uganda and teaching teachers how to teach and doing leadership programs and teaching people on spiritual divorce. You know, it's one, one step at a time. And what's spiritual divorce? The spiritual divorce is actually why I am who I am today. I, on my... Uh, 
desire to not be something, which was to not do to my children what had been done to me. I waited till I was 38 years old to get married, and a year after I had my son, I realized I was getting divorced. And I had already been teaching with Deepak Chopra. I had really uh, had overcome my addiction and, you know, really had my life looking like uh, it was in order. And here I was thrown back into the devastation. And when I was meditating, like, how could this be happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Really so wounded. I kept getting that I was going to write this book called Spiritual Divorce. Interesting. And I thought... I don't want to write a book called Spiritual Divorce. I want to write a book called How to Kill My Husband and Get Away with It. (laughs) I was nowhere near Spiritual Divorce at that moment. and But it kept coming to me. And eventually, uh, I really saw that because I was going to be divorced, I would have to find different work to be home with my son, which was really what was my deepest desire at that time. I saw that I could write and that I should write, and that's what drove me to write The Dark Side Light Chasers, which, as you know, is translated in 32 languages and is used all over the world in teaching institutions. And then my second book was Spiritual Divorce, Divorce as a Catalyst for an Extraordinary Life. Mm. And it was really how to heal from the inside out and how to have it be a catalyst and a demarcation and a holy experience for, you know, your child, if you have children, your ex, for yourself. And that work, that book's been out now eight years. It just got re-released. I did a TV show this year uh, doing some of that coaching. We train coaches in spiritual divorce. We train lawyers, mediators, and, uh, you know, it could be certainly it's as important as the dark side of the light chasers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really it, it sounds like you're really helping people to take situations that may devastate them and translate that into a positive move and you know um, making the moves that matter right the moves that can make your your life different um, you know i I know that you've written a book called the right questions and I'm a real fan of questions I think that they are um, the most important parts of conversations. And I really want to know more about some of the questions that you see as critical to transformation and what some of the questions are that we are not asking. What, what are some of the questions that we as a society are not asking ourselves so that we can transform into a higher consciousness collective of people on this planet. Do you have thoughts about that? Mm, I have so many thoughts about it. I wrote a whole book about it. (laughs) (laughs) Because my father was a judge. Mm. So I grew up with, and I was, you know, I was a rebel, so I grew up always with the questions of, you know, where is this choice going to bring you? (laughs) 
is this choice really going to be in your highest and best interest, Debbie? You know, he didn't say it like that. But ultimately, he always showed me the positive and the negative consequences of my choices, which I think is imperative because I think we are today a result of the choices that we made, you know, five years ago, five minutes ago, you know, ten years ago. And I have friends who have been talking about writing for as long as I've been writing. I have six books. They have none. You know, well, I made the choice many nights to stay home. There's been many holidays where I didn't go to that party where I, you know, committed. So my choices have given me who I am today, both positive and negative. You know, I've had lots of of traumas and challenges as I've grown my company. Um, But my favorite question, I'll tell you when we get back from the break. (laughs) Well, thanks for that break. This is why why it's nice to interview a pro. (laughs) We'll be right back. Talk about his money. Call us toll free, 866-472-5790 and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Are you ready to become a global citizen of the world? What would it be like to share your future with people of all ages from around the world who have one major thing in common? A commitment to make a difference with no language, religion, or age barriers. Make a difference in this world. Come to Bali this summer for an experience of a lifetime. Awakening Global Action, a seven-day gathering that will change your world. Call 866-458-2254 or visit our website at www.baliinstitute.org. You are the leader the world has been waiting for. Call today. The economy and financial markets continue to expand in both their size and complexity. But being able to anticipate changes in the markets for housing, jobs, and financial assets remains a crucial ingredient to our financial well-being. On the economy and the markets, with economist, investment strategist, portfolio manager, and host, Doug Cliggett, utilizes his 25 years of experience with that of his highly informed guests to provide clear, reasoned explanations of current events. To navigate the markets that influence our lives every day of the week, tune into The Economy and the Market. With Doug Cliggett, broadcasting each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The economy and the markets. Clear thoughts in a complex world. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, investments, refinancing. We can help you. 
Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And we're back with Debbie Ford today, author of The Secret of the Shadow, The Power of Owning Your Own Story, and also a book called The Right Questions. And before we went to break, Debbie, we were talking about what are some of those right questions. And I pose to you, you know, what are the questions that we are not asking as a society to really elevate our human consciousness? Well, the three that popped into my awareness when you asked that question, Cheryl, was the first one is, is it, will this choice, because it's all about choices, these right questions, you know, uh, bring me to the next highest evolution of, you know, in this case we could say the global community, mm-hmm. the global world, or is this choice going to keep us stuck in a pattern of the past? And mostly what we can see is we're just repeating things we've done before that aren't working. The other right question that comes up for me is, is this an act of faith or an act of fear? Hmm. And I think that most of us individually and collectively are really making choices from fear rather than faith fear of what we're scared is going to happen or what we don't want to happen or of getting hurt or all these other things that we do individually and collectively because I don't believe that we have to, I really believe we have to start right here inside ourselves and that when we have a global shift and enough people are acting from the highest aspects of themselves, Mm -hmm. it will affect the collective heart that we're all a part of. Mm -hmm. The other question is, is this an act of my uh, divinity or my humanity and to really know that there are divine expressions in this world of ourselves and collectively and they're very human expressions and the human expression is always me, 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 what about me, what about uh, my little part of America, what about my, you know, the, there, you, we can see when we stand in this question, you know, are we, if we're going to stand in the collective as you're asking about, you know, what que- we would be asking different questions, yeah. you know, does this serve the greater good? Yeah. What can I give rather than what can I get? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the difference between our divine self and our human self. Our human self is always what can I get? What about me? Even though a lot of human selves give to get. And they don't even know that. Mm. We have to step out and say, if I was standing in the highest expression, if I had complete faith in the benevolence of the universe, what choice would I make? What would we make as a society right now? And so those are, uh, there's ten right questions. You know, am I looking for what's right or am I looking Mm -hmm. for what's wrong? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I wish, I wish you would go and coach our politicians, you know, the leadership of this country. I would go. They haven't asked, though. So. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised in the least. I'm not surprised um, because they would, again, they would have to face, um, you know, themselves. They would have to face those questions that they're not asking, and they would have to face the decisions that they're making. And I 
have to believe that um, many of those politicians who are making these choices and making these decisions go home at night and actually can't sleep with themselves, you know, actually can't, can't live with themselves, but they do it because of politics. Well, I think a lot of them sleep better than me. I mean, <laughs> I think that, Cheryl, I think the, the issue that I have with this question is, that, I mean, this conversation is that I think that we have to stop projecting on the politicians. Most of the people I get, even the ones that come to get trained by me, mm-hmm. are resistant to giving up who they are individually for the greater good. Uh-huh. They're resistant to it. They don't want to look at it. They're blind. We all have places where we're blind. We're all in denial. We all come from fear. And I think that we have to shift. If we want our politicians to shift, they will, but it will be as a result of the collective shift that we can all make. And I think that right now it's imperative that each and every one of us take responsibility, even us who we would consider ourselves the do-gooders, to see where can we open up more, where can we let go of the limitation more. Because what I see inside the shadow is that we all have now great governments to project our darkness on. We have great governments. I mean, they are really giving us the gift of seeing our shadows. Yes. But there are collective shadows. And all of us are... I love Emmett Fox. He's my greatest Mm -hmm. spiritual teacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, in one of his books, uh, The Power of Constructive Thinking, he said, you know, we must die daily. Hmm. And really what he's saying is goes along with the Charles Dubois quote I love. You know, we must be willing to give up who we are today for who we can become. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to die daily, to let go of all of our projections inside our own world. I mean, if we are a microcosm of the macrocosm, then each of us has to take responsibility for ourselves and our family to live our highest expression. And then our highest soul's expression. We must be willing to see where we're limited, where we have blocks, where we're making it somebody else's responsibility, and get involved. Really get involved. 99% of the people I know are not as involved as they could be. Not as involved in life in general? In the collective, you know, good of, of, of the whole. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're saying, okay, we have these 42 people in this state. They're responsible for the collective whole. No, we're responsible. Right. Right, right. And, you know, it, it should be, and we all have to get there. We all have right. to take responsibility in a way that we've never done before. Well, and there is this sense of a victim mentality that exists in much of our world. Um, you know, someone else is always responsible for whatever goes on with us. And I think that many of the actions in our society, um, litigation, etc., kind of reinforce that and not that there aren't times and litigation is important and it seems like we've kind of gravitated so far away from I'm responsible for my life and do you think that this is part of um, why people are so unhealthy and so disconnected? Yes, absolutely, and our whole legal system needs to be revamped. I mean, I think anybody who's ever been a part of it knows that it's, you know, insane. 
everybody's a victim. And many of us, I mean, in my work, we would embrace that we're victims and mm-hmm. we learn how to comfort ourselves even when we're victim because most of us will be victimized, but we're also victimizers by not taking responsibility. And, yes, mm-hmm. it's a very, it is the, the, actually, it's the road to freedom and the most difficult road for most people because inside the ego, it looks horrifying and scary and unfair to take responsibility. Right. But it's right. their fault. They did it to me. And it may be true. You know, I work with a lot of people who have had horrible things happen to them. Mm-hmm. And people do, even conscious people, do such horrible things to each other. It blows my mind every yeah. day. Well, we have an email question from a listener. Um, she says, Hi, Debbie, thank you so much for sharing this story of your life-changing epiphany. It's fascinating to hear about those moments where everything changes in someone's life. What I wonder is, do you need to hit bottom where you fear you're on the brink of death before surrendering to that experience of being held by the universe? How do you bring people to that place of deep trust from wherever they are in their life? And she says, Thank you, Nicole. Mm, thank you, Nicole. I love that question. Such an important question. Um, no, I don't believe we have to hit bottom. I think that through prayer, through the commitment uh, and setting up practices, we can ask. See, the question, she's asking such an important question because just the question opens the door to God. See, knowing closes the door, right? Knowing closes, shuts us off, keeps us in our ego. In the divine, we never know. We don't know why the things are happening in the world if they're not for the greater good in the big picture. We don't know any of those things. So I really invite people to things. Community. I am somebody inside my ego structure, Cheryl, I once left, I remember when I was leaving, I was going to move out of Florida, and my sister said, oh, you have to go have your chart read, and I didn't really believe in any of that. you got to go get your horoscope. And this woman, so she's reading my horoscope, this is 20-something years ago, and she said, you're going to be part of groups. And she kept saying it, and I said, I actually got up and left. I <laughs> called my sister and said, you know, this woman's an idiot. I don't like groups. <laughs> and that was really my ego. And because as a, as a human being, I don't really like groups. But as a spiritual being, I know that I am one with all others. And so I've cre- I created a huge community of tens of thousands of people around the right. world. We celebrate together. We're always on the phone together wherever we are. And I think people need communities because communities and coaches, as you are, you know, have you see what you can't see. Mm-hmm. And then finding a spiritual practice like Praying For me, even though I'm Jewish, I get on my hands and knees because for me it's a very powerful surrender in the morning mm-hmm. to say, you know, it's just like a cocoon of saying, please show me. And that's what we can do before, please show me with ease because we can ask for that. Let me see my highest self. Let me see how I get in my own way. Let me see how I'm self-sabotaging myself. Let me become responsible. And in asking, we do receive from ourselves because we're designed that way. Mm. Well, we're going to come back right after this message and talk about how to create the best year of your life. We'll be right back.
talk about his money, call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Are you ready to become a global citizen of the world? What would it be like to share your future with people of all ages from around the world who have one major thing in common? A commitment to make a difference with no language, religion, or age barriers. Make a difference in this world. Come to Bali this summer for an experience of a lifetime. Awakening Global Action, a seven-day gathering that will change your world. Call 866-458-2254 or visit our website at www.baliinstitute.org. You are the leader the world has been waiting for. Call today. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And we're speaking with Debbie Ford today. And Debbie is the author of the upcoming book, Why Good People Do Bad Things, How to Stop Being Your Own Worst Enemy. And your most recent book, Debbie, um, well, actually, it may not be your most recent book. One of your recent books is called The Best Year of Your Life, How to Dream It, Plan It, and Live It. And um, what, Can you share with us a little bit, you know, the synopsis, the shortcut version of, of The Best Year <laughs> of Your Life, since we all want the quick fix, right? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can only do three minutes to enlightenment, right? <laughs> Um, well, the best year really got birthed out of um, I was leading a cruise every year. I take a group of 100 people. We go somewhere, and we were on this cruise, and I challenged people to have the best week of their life. Mm. And, Cheryl, it was just amazing. Uh, 95% of them said on day one that that wasn't possible. And I thought that was so fascinating that I that, that's all the work we did the whole week was wow. I'm really looking for, to the resistance. So the best year is not based on what we realized is that everybody thought that something had to happen in the outer world 
for them to have the best week of their life or somebody needed to be there or some problem needed to be solved. And for me, it's always been about when I look back, who am I? Do I feel good about who I am? Am I inspired by the choices I made? Mm. I mean, I'm somebody who's been on Oprah three times and had a book number one on the New York Times. I've had a lot of success, so I know from that experience that your biggest dreams don't make you feel good all the time. Mm. Or maybe they give you that good feeling in the moment. But that that's not really what we're looking for. The best year is really about our soul's dream that ultimately we are all searching. How we're designed is we're searching to have a certain experience each moment. And our goal is only so that we can have that experience. So, for example, if somebody says, well, I want to grow my business for uh, from a $2 million company to a $4 million company this year, that's how I would have the best year, we would look at what, how will you feel when you have that $4 million company? Hmm. Somebody's thing is, I want to get out of debt and I want to have money in the bank. Well, how will you feel? And so that is the basis of the book. If you can distinguish how you want to feel when you get to your goal, then that is the work that you need to do. So if your feeling is I'll feel appreciated or I'll feel successful or I'll feel passionate or I'll feel good enough, whatever that is, and you look each and every day just to find something that will give you that feeling, to take an action that will give you that feeling, well, then the inner shift occurs and you can manifest an outer desire. But the truth is when we feel great about ourselves and some of us have felt it after we've been diagnosed, some of the people that are, I, I just had somebody tell me a story about a man who did the best year of your life every week with a group in Australia mm-hmm. and his therapist was on my last river cruise and she said when he was dying, he thanked her and thanked, told her to thank me because she had had the, he had had the best year of his life. Oh boy. So it's really about who are you, who are you going to be, and then what structure, because, you know, most of us aren't, we're not planned for success. Yes. We're planned for failure. And so I'm very much, even though it's against my nature, just so for those of you who don't like plans and discipline and structure, it is the only way that I have found freedom and peace. Mm. And so I support people on having a coach, having a structure. The closer, the tighter the structure, the that's you've got to know. Human beings need to know that they can't lose. Mm-hmm. They need to know that even if they fall, that there's going to be people to hold them up. Mm-hmm. And when they know that, and they know what step, because these both these books, the right questions and the best year of your life, are about really not checking in with how you feel today to see what you're going to do today. But really, what would you do if your reference point was your vision? Interesting. And I appreciate what you said about you have to know how you would feel. You have to identify how you would feel. That is something that is not built into most planning processes, not even goal-setting or life goal-setting processes. Um, It's not about how you would feel. It's about what you're going to achieve. And so you're adding this twist to this, which sounds like it's the key to the success. I really think it is because I know so most people that come to me are very successful in the outer world. Mm -hmm. But if you have success, in fact, it's most painful 
when you've had success in the outer world, but your inner world feels like crap. And I know, really, spiritually, that we are here to evolve. And so the outer world is just a playground to get us somewhere. You know, it's like your soul needs something. Maybe it needs self-respect. So all of a sudden, your soul will give you a desire or a vision that could actually give you that self-respect. Well, this is like speeding up, because most people, they just do it from an ego place, just trying to get it and make it happen, and then they miss the whole, the whole thing. So then they have to chase the next goal. Interesting. And so, so this in, way, if we know in advance what our soul is needing and uh-huh. we give it, we can speed up the process or at least be happy, you know, with that old saying, you know, the joy is in the journey. Hmm. Well, you know, I think people are um, actually kind of tired of that, hearing that. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I get a lot of pushback sometimes around that whole issue, the joy is in the journey. Of course, the ego hates that. Right, 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 right. Because, it, well, and our world is structured, as you said, our world is structured for outcome and for success. And so, you know, what do you do? Yeah, well, I think that spiritually, though, people who hear this truth, they really know. And really all you have to do is try it for two weeks. Just look and see something, a short-term goal and how you'll feel. And, you know, with diet, it's great because people think they'll feel pretty or they think they'll feel mm-hmm. confident or they think they'll feel healthy. Mm-hmm. And if they started making choices, I wake up today, what am I going to do to make myself feel healthy or mm-hmm. pretty or vital? Then I'm already in it. Mm-hmm. I've already created right. it because I'm right. actually right. taking actions consistent with what I need at that deep level. Right. right. Instead of people starving themselves, getting skinny, and then going back and eating it all up when right. they can't manage it right. anymore. Right. Right. Well, you know, this is really about leading yourself and being the leader of yourself and not being a victim and not. Um, not having excuses as to why things don't work, but really taking action um, every day that can make a difference in who you are and how you show up in the world, whether it's in your role as CEO or it's in your role as mom or it's in your role as sister or brother. Um, you know, it's it's powerful work that you're doing, Debbie, and we're coming to a close of our hour together. It went by so fast, I can't believe it. And I want to thank you so much for being here today and sharing with us um, the power of the work that you do. And I want to make sure people know how to learn more about what you do and what seminars you're offering and your books. You have a website? I do. It's DebbieFord.com, D-E-B-B-I-E-F-O-R-D.com. We have amazing training programs and everything from leadership to spiritual divorce to an essentials coaching model. We have a model coming out this year that we're doing again for therapists. I'm doing a free course for the next 90 days that if you go to DebbieFord.com, it's called Radical Reinvention, and you can do it from anywhere in the world. We have about 2,000 people in it, so it's fun to transform together. I decided that is my gift to give the world this year. So, uh, Yeah, we have a great community of coaches. That's wonderful. Well, Debbie Ford, thank you for being on Leading Conversations today. And remember, everyone, think big, because the world could become a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito.
Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.